with Sierra Self-Proclaimed Urban Hippie. Your favorite stoner's favorite stoner. Tea with two E's. And we back, y'all. And I've been on hiatus for a while. But the new year has came in. And we will talk about that another day today. We are here to talk about why this Black History Month ain't Black History in. I don't understand. It's not given what it was supposed to have gave. Ooh, my arm. I went and got vaccinated, y'all. Don't worry about it. I'll be all right. Life happens. Got to get these things. But any freaking who. So let's just jump right into what Black History Month is giving me that I am living for so far. Okay. So, um... Basically, I'm just living for Rihanna and ASAP Rocky and this pregnancy. You know, they is really giving me everything that I need, you know, and I love it. You know, that baby going to be cute. I hope it's a little baby girl so we can get some fashions. But, you know, they'll give us fashions either way. Oh, Beyonce, she dropped um, that uh, new Ivy Adidas collection. Hopefully, I could get me some this time because every time it's sold out, we're excited about that for Black Histories. Yes. Um, let me see. So, before we get into my main topic that I want to really discuss, I'm going to hit a couple of small ones. Um, let me see. Let me see. So, Janet came out with a documentary that she did herself which I am here for because I hate when um, networks do these documentaries or, you know, individual companies, and then they just really don't give us the facts that we need. And Janet did it herself. She said if somebody going to tell her story, she's going to tell her own story. It consisted of four parts. It was two nights. And let me tell you, I lived, I lived, I lived. Janet said she ain't never had no baby. She can't believe y'all was telling lies like that. You know, sis is really just like, she like like the aunt, the cool auntie, you know? So I was here for that. I never knew Randy was her manager for all these years. You know, I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that Janet didn't want to be Janet Jackson at first. She kind of like was like forced into it, but she ended up loving it. So, you know, we just really got to see some inside stuff. She shared some, you know, videos from, you know, in the studio with Terry and them and um, her first husband or the one that she married first, you know, the little Spanish looking boy. Not that the barge fella, the one that came after that. Can't think of his name right now, but yes. So that was nice. I like seeing that. Um, here's the thing. Let me say this. Y'all know I'm here for my black men taking care of their children. I'm here for all that. I'm here for y'all asking questions about, you know, what you got to do, do with your baby mother. What I'm not here for is Kanye and the messiness. Like, listen, y'all know how I feel about Jesus. It's like love, hate. Love is music. Except for Donda. I didn't like that album. I like like three songs. Whole whole 27 song album, I like three of them. But that's neither here nor there. 
Here's what's making me bad with Kanye. So him and Kim are in divorce proceedings. I don't think the divorce is finalized yet. But um, when they separated, he decided that he wanted to buy the house across the street from their old house. He didn't ask my girl, like, how do you feel? You know, he just like, oh, I'm moving there for the kids, which I stand beside. But also as a mom, listen, if I'm divorcing you, that means I don't want to see you, bro. I don't want you living next door to me. Hell, I don't even want you living in the same cul-de-sac, complex, blocks. Like, we need five miles in between. At least. Minimum. He did He did what he wanted to do. Then he tried to figure out why she's so angry. Because now it's like you're, you're invading my personal space. Like, I'm here for you getting your kids, but now you're just saying, fuck, I'm going to do... Well, if that was the case, Kanye, what did you move out for? You could have just went and got you a separate section of the house. She don't want you near her. You just want to be a dickhead because you're Kanye. Then you talking about TikTok. Listen, I get it. I'm not, you know, I'm not bashing that. But at the end of the day, if Kim is the custodial parent, and therefore everything has to go through her. And I follow the TikTok of Lil Nori because it's just her and Kim. Now she has gotten in trouble when she first got it because she was being a little sass pot doing what she wanted to do like most kids do. And she got embarrassed on that same app because her mama got on her ass while she was recording. So Kanye, don't think that it's not being supervised because it's very much given supervision. Um, Kim does the TikToks with Dory. All kids are going to have TikToks. I told my son he couldn't have TikTok. That man got TikTok and Snapchat. And guess who's his friend? Me. On everything. I see it all. I got passcodes. You got to use my email. Like, tuh. Tuh. Not over here. Monitor everything. Only thing that little boy want to do is make anime shit. And, you know, some Transformer. I don't know. That's what he doing on his. Only thing Nori doing is telling everybody how much money y'all got in real life, and that's it. And I don't like that for her, because that's how people get robbed. You know your wife got robbed in Paris, allegedly, supposedly. She out there telling people all them, all y'all, all y'all rich people business. Jeez, <sighs> uh, I said that's too much for Black History Month. And then Kanye, he asking people on the internet, well, what should I do? What did I do wrong? Kanye, let me tell you something. Your biggest problem that I have with you is you do a lot of chatty chatty. And some of it makes sense and some of it don't make sense. And then some of it you just look like a big grown ass baby. Then you run around here with this little itty bitty 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 bony little twig thing. Jane, Janie, whatever the hell her name is. I hate it. Then she trying to be getting clout time or something. Oh, I used to mess with Drake. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Stop your lies. You didn't. Anyway, so my boy Nick Cannon. <sighs> some people you just gotta pray for. So Nick Cannon baby had died a few months ago. We all know. Little baby Zen. So sad. You know he had a little brain tumor or something. Very sad. You don't want to lose your child. Nick got on his TV show after the little baby died and said, "Oh, I'm be celibate. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this." I'm gonna do this. I'm running my son like this. I'm not having no more kids like this. Then, y'all, 
get into it, y'all. Do y'all know that this man came out at the beginning of Black History Month and said he was having baby number eight? I'm trying to figure out where did this woman come from? She pregnant as shit, which says she was pregnant before little baby Zen died. Cool. Why you ain't tell us that then? Should have said, you know what? When you was giving your speech about your no more kids and your celibacy and this and this and this and this and this, you should have said, oh, and by the way, this other chick, because y'all know I got baby mamas, oh, she's pregnant too. So she's going to have this baby and then I'm not going to have no more babies because you look dumb. You look stupid. You look like you've been backslided, Nicholas. And we don't like backsliders. Nicholas. I was like, ooh, that boy. I said, that boy. I said, y'all need to stop sleeping with candy because it seems to seem like every woman who his penis touches and be like, boop, baby. And y'all know he make doubles. He got two sets of twins. Shit. Crazy shit. And then you got all these little babies. Mariah's babies is the first. So, you know, they just the oldest one. They probably looking like... Damn, we like 12 years old and you just keep coming out of the woodwork with a baby every other month. And a new mother. Sorry, y'all have to drink. Like, dude, like, you just want to keep having kids with all these women? Like, they might be all right now, but eventually somebody going to get upset about something. It's going to be, let's see, bye, Nicholas. Uh, uh, uh. And while we on b- babies and whatnot, okay, so y'all, we we didn't we didn't never talk about the baby and Danny Lee, Danny Lay, whatever the fuck Lee Lay, your Lay Lee who I don't care. But um, sis, basically, you know, her and the baby, you know, they had some little baby mom, baby daddy drama. Everybody have it. The only difference is they rich. I mean, this is what I don't understand about people. You know, I was blown with They be like, oh my God, I can't believe he was acting like that. Girl, your baby father then took your car and half your taxes and was gone for three days. Why are you talking about you can't believe she acting like that? The ain't shit changed. The only difference that the only difference between them and you is your they bank account. They got money, which begs the question, bitch. When I got money, a motherfucker can't tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing broke. But you damn sure can't say nothing to me when I got some coins. Tuh. You can't get out of my face, sir. I don't need Bye-bye. They was all on the internet looking stupid. Poor little baby. Oh, that baby cute. Poor little the baby, the baby. She gonna grow up and be like, girl, when you was a baby, you should have seen how your parents was carrying on. That's the only thing about being famous. Y'all forget, like, this shit, we ain't in prehistoric times, and hell, we still got motherfucking videos and pictures from the 60s and shit. So, don't think that your dirt is obsolete. It just gonna vanish. Nah, y'all kids gotta grow up with this, and then they gotta look at you like, damn, you was just, this what y'all was doing? Like, that's embarrassing. I would hate to be a child of a rich family. And then as I got older, I realized how fucked up my parents were because they don't know how to fucking act in fucking public. Then y'all keep, and then they keep getting on live. Y'all look stupid. Like, 
You get on the baby got on live thinking he embarrassing her. You're embarrassing yourself, sir, because your big face ass looks dumb. You look stupid. You out here as a grown ass man trying to kick the mother of your child out, and then you telling her, take the baby, take the baby. Like, really? Like, you don't gotta like her, but give her the respect as your child's mother. Like, that's where y'all be going wrong. Y'all lay down with these raggedy dudes and these raggedy girls, and then y'all had these kids, then, oh, I hate them, I hate them. Okay, well, here we are. So either you gonna take the kid and be a parent and say fuck the other parent, or y'all gonna co-parent and you just gonna suck that shit the fuck up. Like, I'm just, I be tired of people with their excuses. Oh, my baby father trash. But you spreaded your legs and you let him put that dirty, trashy-ass, raw penis up in you. You didn't care. These are things that you need to think about. Oh, while I'm laying here, what if he nutted me? Do I want to have this baby? Do I have money to not have this baby? These are things you need to think about. Because I feel I don't have no sympathy for none of you bitches. Or you niggas. Especially you niggas, because y'all just be out here humping on everything. Then y'all be like, got that little ugly joint knocked up. You, Why was you humping on the little ugly joint in the first place? Being thirsty, being pressed. Now you out here looking like the baby. Then, then lay little brother, I give him props. My brother better come and say something. I don't care if you get beat up or not. You better fucking try to protect me. He told the baby it was on site, and he was a man of his word. Now, what I don't like about this bone alley altercation is, first of all, why the fuck is y'all slipping and sliding on these alley lanes like this? That was number one, because that was the first thing that I thought of is, why, excuse me, why is the floor so slippery? I didn't understand why the floor was so slippery. You know? I didn't understand it. Then the baby punches this young man in his face. And I'm not going to say he knocked him out because clearly we can see he hit him and he slipped and fell. He probably would have got a still, still good punch. Because the baby was like 5, 10 feet away and he ran with his little body and that big head. And he ran up and punched him right in the kisser. You would have said, damn, Danny Lee, Danny Lee, brother, you stood up for your sister, but you got knocked down. End of story. No, that is not the end of the story. The end of the story comes when security then attempts to jump this boy. Now, y'all are security. You have to secure, you know, the baby. If he swing and knock a nigga down and he slide down to the bone alley, what are y'all doing? What, what securing does he need? Y'all, so therefore the baby... You jumped that boy because you could have easily told your security, I'm going to knock this nigga out. Don't nobody move. Don't nobody do nothing. If you was like that. Because you knocked him out. We seen the video. But then you didn't stop them. You didn't say no, y'all. After you swung, you knew they was going to do what they do. And you allowed it. And that's some weak ass, bitch ass, hoe ass shit. And why y'all going to say, oh, the baby a real one. He did that to the nigga in the Walmart. First of all, if y'all go back, he didn't. The reason why he didn't go to jail, because he didn't break no laws. Can't go to jail if you don't commit a crime. Oh, I'll, I'll pause so y'all can think about it. 
Because y'all was like, ooh, he, he beat a murder charge at the Walmart and North Carolina. He didn't beat shit. They locked his ass up because he, he did what he did. Then he didn't break no law, so therefore he got out. So, I know a lot of people that um, have done things in self-defense and didn't go to jail. Because they didn't commit a crime. He did what he did in self-defense, so he was protecting himself. Therefore, he broke no laws. Which is why I don't understand why y'all keep hyping him like he was out here murking niggas and his lawyer was that good. <laughs> you know, but yeah. The baby, the baby. I want the baby to grow into his 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 head. I want his head to grow into his body or his body to grow into his head. And then I want him to look in the mirror and see how stupid he looked with them cornrows. And other fairly Black History Month news, um, Quavo. Quavo exposed his real teeth. And let me just say, <laughs> they, little, they need a little bit of straightening. Ain't nothing straightening, ain't straightening. Your teeth need to listen to you straightening. Okay, I've never seen a front tooth split, crack down the middle. Like, made into two little pieces of teeth. They really look like if you was that woodchuck from how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood. Like, it's giving two elderly angry beavers. His teeth is reminiscent of my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Williams, and that coffee-stained teeth that she had. That's what his teeth is giving. At first, I thought they was they was Photoshop, but nah, those is his chompers, sir. If you won't take your grill off, I want your teeth to look like Plies. Plies has amazing teeth. He has beautiful teeth. Fifty Cent little gerbil mouth ass, naked mole rat, mole rat mouth has nice teeth. It's gorgeous teeth. Tiger. Well, Tiger got nice teeth. There's a lot of rappers out here that have gorgeous teeth. And you out here, that's probably why you can't keep no women, because you probably was taking them grills out, and they seen them teeth, and was trying to figure out all this money, why you ain't go to the dentist? Oh, Chalet. Nicki Minaj and the baby dropped the new song. Do we have a problem? Haven't heard it. Video looks interesting enough. Um, my baby father, Lil Wayne, dropped some stuff. Cameras. Haven't heard it. Looks interesting. Um, hmm. Let me say, y'all, because am I ready to talk about my main topic for the end of this show. Oh, let's talk about some things we need to celebrate for Black History before I get into that main topic. Um, I think for Black History Month, everything that wasn't a mention, but things that Black people just made better should be celebrated. Like, um, we dance better. Well, yeah. But I gotta say, Hispanics and Asians are some movers and groovers. 
So mm-hmm. they come in a nice second and third. But that's us. Um, our fashion sense is just impeccable. Um, the creativity, uh, the creativity-ness, creativeness that we have as a as a race and a culture, you know, black people really know how to take nothing because, you know, the world gave us nothing and we really know how to make the best out of it. We create things out of nothing. We can take, you know, trash items, you know, old worn out clothes that y'all thought, people thought they could just throw us and we make great fashions. You know, we are, our minds is above everyone else. You know, we creative, we we think about things. A lot of things that y'all have in the world was stolen. Black people made it first and then the whites took it. So we'll get more to that of the things that we made and we don't get credit for later. And I also want to give us credit for cookouts and barbecues because we really know how to do those. I want to give us credit for taking songs that you know, just are horrendous, but we take him and we turn him into great things, i.e. the electric slide. All these years in my 34 years, about to be 35, I've been walking around, you are the da boogie, 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 you can't achieve it, it's electric, boogie, 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 and know that I need it, something like that. And they say, hey, 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 you got to move. It's electric. Boogie, boogie, boogie. You know, that was a great song. Yes. But uh, um, that song is about a vibrator. I didn't know. I didn't know. It's about a vibrator. And I was like, when I went back and played it, I said, oh, boogie, woogie, woogie, woogie. I said, that's soft fried. <sighs> yes. But now for our main event. So, as we all know, this just really breaks my heart. America's dad, allegedly, the old America's dad, was released from prison this summer and well you know I was like yeah because he's old it's almost like yeah you're old but you're a creep now I must say I was one of those people that was like "Ooh, Bill Cosby didn't do it why people always trying to take us down and then I was like well if he did he might have did it to a couple y'all should have been told like why are you harboring it now like that's just weird to me not knocking or condoning what he did just saying like Somebody touch you. Why you ain't been saying? Like, what's the story? What's the tea? Like, you know, but if it was true, I was like, if it's true, you know, like all black people, we was like, yeah, Bill ain't did that. Like, it's Bill Cosby, like, you know, the Pudding Pop Man, you know, Cosby Show, Fat Albert. Nobody wanted to hear it. Well, <laughs> these hoes came out. And that's one thing about when something, when you are a victim of molestation, rape or abuse or anything and you just scared and then it's like a serial person that's doing it some people be so scared and I get it you don't want to tell you don't want to bring shame you're like nobody will believe me I get it I understand more now okay I get it and I was here for all the women but it was like 
when that joint had hit like 60, I was like, okay, somebody lying. Like, so you mean to tell me 60 of y'all motherfuckers, all 60 of y'all was scared? Because that's where you go. You know, that's where you go. Well, my good brother, if y'all don't know who Camu Bell is, that's a disgrace to y'all black history. Camu Bell is an activist, a comedian, a producer. He's so many things. And, you know, I just really love him. And I'm glad that he pretty much hiked his big boy pants up and said, you know what, I love Bill Cosby. And I want to get to the nitty gritty because they don't tell you everything. So he set out a couple years ago. He decided he was going to do a documentary. And he talked to different peoples throughout the industry, different um, editors in chief, you know, different, um, and all of these being, for the most part, African-Americans. Um, he talked to, you know, co-stars of Bill, you know, people that we really look up into the industry, black people, you know, um, my man Roland Martin, Dougie, Dougie Doug, you know, Cool Runnings, the Jamaican Bob Slash team, he played on Cosby Show. He had um, my boy, Chris Spencer. Yes. Um, he had, you know, so many people that were like, had so many doctors or like journalists and stuff. He had the old Ebony um, and Chief lady up there. And he also had the victims. And they got to tell their story. And let me tell you, just like listening to these women talk like these women are not young anymore some of them are like in their late 50s 60s you know they're they're older some of them are in their 40s because our man Bill been raping literally his whole career and the fact that he was able to portray uh like in real life not just from the Cosby show the fact that he got to be A black man with this gorgeous black wife, these beautiful kids, they were all over Ebony and Jet. Like, it was really not just for black people, but for white people too. The American dream. Like, here's a guy who's got all these things going. Like, you just breaking down barriers and entertainment. Like, you know, you coming behind Dick Gregory and you're like being um, compared to him. But you, you, you was great, but you wasn't. One thing about Dick Gregory is he did what he did, but he stood up for what was right. He didn't abuse his power, which is why Dick Gregory didn't get the same type of fame that Bill Cosby did. Even though he came out before Bill, Bill Cosby was smart because why? We all know, for one, he was the mind of a rapist. And he wanted to rape, as Hannibal Burr said. And he was a molester. And these are not things, sometimes these things are learned, but sometimes some people are just born with it in it. I believe Bill Cosby was born to be, unfortunately, a serial rapist. And I'm going to stick beside that. Because here you come, early in your career, 1963. You're doing your comedy. And not only are you doing it, but you're doing it great. And you aren't cursing, which makes it even better. And you appeal to the caucus people, the mountains, 
where they bred those big Viking, you know, those places. You, you appeal to them and you kiss their ass. But at the same time, you made them respect you. Meaning they didn't give you the shitty parts of the deal. You know, they, they actually admired you because they thought you were some type of different type of black man. They were like, oh no, niggas don't act like this. Jesus Christ, no. You went to college. You dropped out of Temple. Oh yeah, he dropped out of Temple University. He did not finish. And for his platform to been so heavy in education, Bill Cosby don't got no education. He don't got shit. All them doctorates and degrees that he allegedly had, I think he might officially have one PhD. Your man has an EVHD, or however the initials go. It is the lowest degree you could ever get in life. And they was putting that shit on his credits on TV like it was something. Because back then, we wasn't getting educated like that. So we like, oh, he got some letters behind his shit. I think it was on the bottom of the totem pole. He was going to all these colleges. They was giving him all these doctorates. Guess what? They was, that was, those was, I gave y'all thousands and millions of dollars. Let me get a sheet of paper, make it look like something. That's what y'all got. It was only one school, and I can't remember the name. Let me check my notes. Where he actually earned something. But hell, by that time, that was like the 20th doctorate he even got. <laughs> they been giving this man shit for so long, nobody was fat checking. Y'all know. So, you know, the documentary of my boy called, called, um, we need to talk about Cosby because this is, it was so interesting because it's this guy that you want to love because you got, you got this black man from the sixties, you know, from the beginning of racism, segregation, getting all these rights for black people who came and don't get me wrong, he's done all these great things for African-Americans, you know. He's shown that African-Americans, you know, he basically took what they, what I want to call struggle bus um, outtakes because back then everything that portrayed us was struggle bus. We didn't have anything that looked at us in high power or equals. Everything was black people, the ghetto, the grief, the struggle, the burden, the drugs. That's how that's how we was portrayed. Everything was negative, 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 negative. Then you have this guy, Mr. Cosby. He rolling here. He's doing his little comedy. He's kissing white people ass. They sucking him off. Like metaphorically, y'all, not literally. You know? So now they like, oh, we like this man. And whole time, he's getting on I Spy, he's getting black men, you know, because back then in the 60s, white men wore black face and was our stunt doubles. Yeah, they, that's the things they don't got in the history books, learn something. Um, so he was like, nah, for one, that's racist. Like y'all, not even like black or brown paints, true to skin tone, straight up midnight black, like nigga, black people, we not black, we, brown, we different shades of brown. You know, some of us is black as shit, but that's the beauty of us. We can come in shades. White people, y'all come in a, a, a one shade, white. You don't got no 
no pigment, no nothing. You get pasty, you look bad, your skin's terrible. You know, you got crow's feet at four. It's terrible for y'all, but whatever. So he got my man, let me get my man's name out. He was the first black stuntman, and he started working on iSpy as a stuntman for Mr. Cosby because he worked as a, um, he worked on a, some Marine show that he was working on, and the Marine show, he was an extra, and then they was basically like, you want to do a stunt for Bill Cosby? And he was like, oh, and he was like, yeah, you could be the stuntman. So they let him be the stuntman. And that's how he started doing all of Bill Cosby's stunts and all of this. So carrying on. So in 1964, that's when Bill started raping. Um, he met a girl. And she was a Playboy bunny. Victoria Valentine. Valentino, we'll call her the opener. She was pretty much the first person that Bill raped, that we know of anyway. Um, she was a um, she was a Playboy bunny. So before we get into that, let me tell y'all. Back then, Playboy came out. They had a Playboy club, and they had what we called the Playboy bunnies. Basically, they were the waitresses in the club they wore a little corset one piece thing you know the outfit with the tail and the bow tie and the cufflinks and the ears that was their job now back when playboy first came out in the early 60s a young gorgeous barbara walters was just making her big splash into the journalism game and she went undercover because she wanted to learn about this and she came back And Barbara said, you know, it was nice for the most part, for what it was. She said, you put the little outfits on, you know, you look all cute. She said, you make the money. She said the money was good for the girls, you know. But for the most part, she said everything was cool. She said she had one guy ask her at the end, why was she leaving? She didn't want to stay and make that extra cash. Meaning you ain't want to get into some little pay for play. Barbara said, oh, no, thank you. And she went on about her business. Now, Barbara had a co-host. His name was Don. Or Hugh, maybe. I believe it was Don. But this raggedy-ass man was a creep. And guess who his best friend was? His best friend was no other than Bill Cosby. Him and Bill were best friends. And this man, Don, I want to say Don Hughes. You know, I can't really think of that's his name or not. But that's what I want to call him. Anyway, he had the audacity to basically, while Barbara was talking about, you know, what had happened, your man basically was like, oh, well, Barbara, I love seeing you in that outfit. That ought to be your career choice. You look good in it. Why won't you do it again? Making Barbara feel so uncomfortable. Mind you, who's his best friend? Bill Cosby. So Victoria Valentino, we're back to that. She was a Playboy bunny. She wasn't a playmate. The playmates were the Cinefold girls. 
And, you know, she met Phil down at the club one day, her and her good old homegirl. They're hanging out. They're like, it's Bill Cosby, Mr. Cosby, you know, hanging out with them. They were in the hand, in the presence of royalty. Sis said they went out with him. And she was like, basically, they were at the table. And he was like, y'all want to go back? They were, y'all want to have some fun? Gave two pills. Gave her a pill. Told her, here, take this. It's Bill Cosby. <laughs> he gives you a pill, you take it. She took it. She said instantly. She started feeling weird. Like, you know, she was dazed and confused. So, after she's dazed and confused, y'all, she comes back. Her friend takes one. She's dazed and confused. He gives them another one. He's, they like, we want to go home. He's like, sure. They're driving. They pull up to a townhouse. He's like, they're like, where is this? He's like, oh, I want to show y'all my awards and my accolades. They go in the townhouse. She remembers nothing. She wakes up. She comes to just enough to see Bill. Bulging pants, eyes, lusting, mouth, jackal style. I'm really giving y'all some effects. <laughs> but basically, she's like, he's looking like this weird ass, creepy ass perv. Dick hard, licking his lips, ready to do her friend who's unconscious. She wakes up and she attempts to like save her friend. But remember, y'all, she can't really do much. Like, she can't really move because she fucked up. You know, it's like drunk times a thousand. So, Bill. And this is how I know she's not. Like, when she started telling this story, you know, when something is traumatic for females, you could see all the fear, disgust. You know, all of that, the, the, the being ashamed, all of this just overcoming this lady. And I had to drop a tear, y'all. I cried a couple times during this documentary watching it because I couldn't imagine being felt to make that little and then you're that scared to say anything because a motherfucker got that much power that your voice could be silenced and that's a problem. But anyway, back to her story. And also, this podcast is going to be two parts. So y'all gonna have to come back on Wednesday for part two of Bill Cosby. But anyway, carrying on. So she, she said when she tried to help her friend, mind you, they're on a couch in a room, in like a little office room. She tried to help her friend, but she can barely move because, you know, she fucked up. She said, Bill grabs her. And he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, no, leave me alone, leave me alone. He's like, no, it's your lucky day, whatever, whatever. I'm paraphrasing. Don't just not verbatim, but this is the gist. So basically, he grabs her. She stands her up. He's like, she said she stands her up and he pushes her. And she falls to her knees. And she said at that point, she was already scared, but she said at that point, it was like, it was, it was a whole new thing. She said at that point, he unbuttoned his pants, he unzipped them trousers, he took his member out, and he shoved it in her mouth. And now, these are her exact words. Her exact words was, he orally raped me. Meaning, basically, against her will, he fucked her face. 
she said it after he was done with that part. He said, <laughs> she thought, it can't get no worse than this. <laughs> Lies, sis. It got worse. He turned her around. While she's on her knees, he bent her over that couch. And he did her. She said he did me like a dog. Not doggy style. Motherfucker said she did her like a dog. So you can get the emphasis on how dirty and belittled and disgusting she felt. All while her friend is passed out. Now here's a girl who's drugged just like her friend. But comes to long early enough and long enough to try to help her friend. And in the end... You're the one that gets what your friend could have got. Then she says, he rolls out. And she says, she has enough energy that she can muster out the words to him as he's leaving. How are we supposed to get home? This low down, jello pudding pop eating ass man told this young Victoria Valentino that, um, she called a cab and left her there. Now, as the documentary goes on and the women start telling their story, and I'm going to get more into this next episode because this episode has about 20 minutes left. And there's a lot of things that I want to talk about that really, like, make you kind of go, hmm. But the every woman's story that was bold enough, courageous enough, so let Kamu interview them. Every fucking story was the same. And I mean, the locations might be different, but for the most part, they all said the same thing. He give us one pill. Then he make us take another one. Some of them said he gave two pills at one time. And all of them were like, it's Bill Cosby. You know, it's Bill Cosby. This is a guy who is America's dad. He has made this whole persona off of friendly, inviting, a family man. He doesn't curse in his stand-up. He's extremely talented and funny. So, I get it. I could see. And back then, you know, back then was a time where we didn't have the things that we have today. And that's where I think a lot of us, when this first came out, a lot of us forgot. We got to remember As time goes on, there's an elevation. There's evolution. We are in 2022. We got talking cars. They out here making robots. You know what I'm saying? Like, the cars have transformed. We got GPS. Y'all got to remember, we come from a time where it was horse and buggy. Them big-ass Cadillacs and Thunderbirds. Time goes on, everything get better. From the dawn of time, from the beginning, from dinosaurs to now. So we cannot hold people, you gotta hold people accountable, but you also gotta be open-minded because you gotta remember, in the 60s, that was a time where it was very, very much misogynistic. It was very, very much women were sex slaves. We didn't have no opinions. We were still fighting for things. We had suffragate that passed. But as women, we didn't have no rights. We were basically looked at as sex slaves and clean up people and <laughs> children bearer. That, that was our job. And, and don't be black. 
and a woman. Oh, Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. You might as well just been really a stray dog. <laughs> if you was a black woman in the 60s, you wouldn't get shit. So for these white women and black women and all types of women to let this black man who they see as somebody who has changed things, who's making a way, who they trust, you know, why not? Why not? Y'all bitches today is going out with uh, Lil Pretty Ricky, the one that went to jail for the PPP. Y'all let this motherfucker buy y'all bottle of Cristal and y'all drop y'all draws, and he ain't got shit. So I understand. I get it. But he was just out here. He had the same MO. Take him out to dinner. Give him a couple drinks. Tell him to take this. And what's crazy is... Bill Cosby, from the day one of his career, he was telling us, I am a woman abuser. I am a rapist. He had a joke. They called the Spanish fly joke. And the Spanish fly joke basically was a joke about, um, because you know, Spanish fly back then, they sold it on TV. It had a commercial and everything. The Spanish fly joke was basically, um... They said that's when they should have seen the red flag. Because he's like, he sets the joke up. He's standing on the corner. He's 13 years old. His friends come up to him. He's like, oh, we got the Spanish fly. You know, he's like, it's true, it's true. Spanish fly, he's like, you pour this in a girl's drink. She drinks it, then she gets loose. You know, he said, then you, you know, we could touch, you know, we could touch her boob. You know, you know, the young kid talk. This was a joke. <laughs> that he told. And this joke, not only was it a joke, but it was a family-friendly joke. This was the joke that people let their kids listen to. Because remember, he's a family guy. Everything about him is family-oriented. So therefore, anything he does is for children. So then that's when you go back and say, this is the 60s. The shit that we don't let our kids talk, talk, watch and do, they was allowed to do back then. Different time, y'all. So you got this man, this young Bill Cosby, telling these jokes and telling them the kids and families all over, basically telling them, telling young boys, yeah, pour this in the girl's drink, give it to her. When she drink it, she gonna start feeling frisky. They sold, this is how you know the times were different then. Spanish Fly was advertised on the back of comic books. Who the fuck read comic books? Children read comic books. That was the first red flag. And I mean, he kept on telling that joke. He even got on Larry King in 1991 or 1992 as time has progressed and got on Larry King. And Larry King asked him about that Spanish fly joke. And do you know that this man at this point with everything that we have accomplished this far sat on Larry King and basically was like, I tell that joke all the time. One of my favorite jokes. He said, then he started talking about putting pills in bitches' drinks. Like, everything that Bill Cosby did, he insinuated on drugging women. He came out with a children's album about drugs. But basically, he's telling kids, oh, basically, he giving us his blueprint. He like, oh, people put pills in your drink. They do this. And they, he basically telling 
what he does to these women that nobody knew about. And then he's like, if you start feeling wheezy, you're in danger. So not only are you the one making them feel wheezy and being in danger, but you're the one that's trying to save them from getting raped by you. Come on, Bill. He did, and people love that album. People loved it. Let me find one of my quotes from that Bill Cosby came, because y'all know I love to give me a good quote. I had to pause the TV. Oh, yeah, that Hugh man, his name wasn't Don. His name was Hugh. That motherfucker, they was best friends. I always say, art imitates life. Todd Boyd said, Todd Boyd was a journalist. He was a black guy. That motherfucker said, when talking about Bill Cosby and this Spanish fly and, you know, him getting on Larry King and telling these jokes, he said, the motherfucker told on himself. And that's a quote. Because he, not only, he telling the dosage on to Larry King. You put the, you put the Spanish fly, the pen, the head of a pen. In there. What? And while he's telling this joke to Larry King, his whole purpose for being on Larry King's show was to promote what? A children's book. Come on, y'all. Y'all not ready. Y'all is not ready. See if I can find one of these quotes before we have to come back on Wednesday for part two. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for my quote, y'all. I got to find these quotes. Because, you know, it's just, it's amazing that the things that people will say and do. I might not can't find these quotes at the moment, but I'm going to find them quotes and um, we're going to get back to the next episode. Um, You know, as I was watching this and, you know, people were really just like, and you know, it's crazy because Bill Cosby went from undercover serial rapist and America's father to, you know, the angry grandpas his career got on. on. We saw where it changed and where he was calling and harassing people and all types of things. But, um, that's what he did. And then what was weird for me was everybody knew who Camille was. They were married. Not a lot of people met this woman. Not a lot of people. A lot of people in here was like, hey, we never even seen her, let alone met her. You know, that's crazy. So, Bill, this is how Bill also helped. I can't find these quotes, y'all. Part two, we're going to have these quotes ready. But, oh, here's something I want y'all to know. So, this dude, young white kid, Hamilton Morris. He's like a, a scientist or something or another. So Spanish fly, we all know what Spanish fly is. We've heard of it. I never knew like where it came from. So Hamilton lets us know that Spanish fly is a real insect. 
insect and it produced some types of liquid that basically when you take the liquid it it makes your bladder burn <laughs> that's basically what it do it makes your bladder burn and it's really not good for you at all and people take this their urethra burning sensation as pleasure like I don't know. He was like, it's like some type of venom or something that this bug spews out. And that's basically what Spanish fly is. And I'm like, well, if it's no giving you a burning sensation, how is that pleasure? Like, I don't want nothing burning on me. Burning sensation, you don't think about nothing feels good to you. Like, that's crazy. But that was your guy. So, um... And listen, let me tell y'all. Some of these things that these people were saying was like ridiculous i know the ebony editor-in-chief i can't think of her name but she hates bill cosby with a passion she's a black lady and she was like you know she was ebony has been one of the go-to magazines and she's like listen this motherfucker is basically you know writing all these things and stuff and he and you know trying to provoke she was like but he doing his best work when he raping when he's out and about she like he's sitting here telling us and then it's crazy because it's like the more and more the documentary goes on it's like people starting to think back they like this whole time bill cosby was sitting here telling us when he was doing these motherfucking kid shows and all that like prime example cosby show there's episode, everybody knows the episode with the barbecue sauce. When all the older kids was beefing with their spouses, Sandra and Elvin, the niece and old boy, and he had to save them. So he made his special barbecue sauce. And basically, in the monologue, when Felicia Rashad says, how did you get them to start fighting? He was like, it's all in the barbecue sauce. And she says... What do you mean? He said, you ever notice how after you eat my barbecue sauce, you get all tingly on the inside and you just, you know, you don't even care about being mad. You just want to go and basically fuck. That's basically what he, basically the monologue is him explaining to Felicia Rashad's character, Claire, that the sauce, whatever, what he put in his special ingredient that he put in the sauce makes you want to do it. He then tells her, oh, they're all good. We can go upstairs where I have a cup of this sauce on the motherfucking nightstand. And she's all, ooh, the sauce, ooh, the sauce. Whole time he basically saying, they acting like this because I didn't drug their ass with this barbecue sauce. Now everybody gonna be humping. Rudy and Rudy's little friend, y'all know our best friend Chuck, they eating the sauce too. And Chuck says, hey Rudy, this some good sauce you know. Something, something, something. Bill Cosby takes the chicken away from the little boy. He can't have no more sauce. I've seen the episode 105 times and never once that I think about, oh yeah, that's sketchy. Bill Cosby, everybody think, says he was a doctor. A lot of people don't know, he was a gynecologist. Not only was he a gynecologist, his office was at home. Where was his office at? 
down in the basement of the Huxtable home. Didn't nobody find that a little sketchy at the time? No, we didn't. If y'all remember the episode with the pregnant lady that kept coming to the office for the milk, that's one of his victims. Miss Millie or whatever, Miss Militant. Yeah, raped her. When she did that scene, he had already raped her. When uh, they was all at the little bar and um, Erica Alexander character or one of them girls had that watch that the boyfriend gave her and it was stolen, the female cop, she wasn't even, she was an actress that had got there because apparently he let models come and sit in on the show recordings because they was live. And then they all got to go in his dressing room after. And she was one of the ones who was raped. But my time is coming to an end. We're going to pick up on this on Wednesday. Because I'm telling y'all, this shit is wild. And it's really making me want to go back. And just be looking back at some of these powerful figureheads we got and be like, are you who the fuck you say you are? Because this is beyond me. But until Wednesday, y'all, it's your favorite urban hippie, your favorite stoner's favorite stoner, your girl T with two E's. And this has been a lovely episode of Burnt the Podcast. And the episode is Black History Ain't Black Historian. And y'all be breezy, be easy, be beautiful, not a cover girl.